On today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling, we are minus Dylan for the first time in Drunk Dude Talking Wrestling recording history. So right now you got Chad and Joe, uh, because Dylan had to go take care of his brand new baby, who I believe was born on Christmas Day. So a big congratulations to him. We're all very happy to have a new member of the DDT WrestlePod family. Um, today we've got a hell of a show for you. We're going to talk about another release that happened recently. We're going to make our predictions for the day one pay-per-view. Talk about two weeks of wrestling because we had a real good Christmas break. And we'll probably just bullshit and drink a little bit more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. And remember to rate, review, subscribe. Chad, are you ready? All right, let's hit it. Welcome into another episode of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. We're your hosts, Dylan. Nope, I'm not Dylan. Fuck. I'm Joe, <laughs> and this is Chad. Um, you know, you, you you know, sometimes you you listen to your own voice so many times, and you're you're so used to hearing the Dylan and Joe thing. Well, that's exactly what just happened. You know, I I called myself Dylan, and that's something I'll I don't think I'll ever live down. Uh, speaking of that, wait for him to listen to this and hear you call yourself Dylan. Yeah, I'm, I'm pissed. (laughs) Um, but speaking of that, Dylan is not with us because he had, uh, he had a little baby boy. Congratulations to our bro, Dylan. He had his little baby that we talked about for a long time this past week. Yeah. Big, big congratulations to him. We wish you were here, but we understand that you're not. We got a lot to talk about. We've been gone for a long time. We had a we had a pretty long Christmas break. Did you do anything fun? Well, I went to that place we didn't talk about all the way up until Christmas Eve, uh, which Raven did not like. And then I since then been off, just kind of been chilling around the house with the family. Had a good Christmas. What about you? Yeah, I went down to uh, to Tampa for about a week before Christmas and saw Bree's family. I saw some of my family. So it was, a, it was a pretty good time. And wrestling didn't really disappoint during that time. I didn't watch a whole lot of wrestling while I was gone, so I had to catch up a whole lot. <laughs> Binger for three days of wrestling. Yeah, it was it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> I can't really make too much fun of you. I finished uh, Dynamite about an hour and a half ago. So Ooh. I barely made it through everything. Dynamite was good. Dynamite was really good. I, I'm very excited to talk about Wednesday night. It's like the last thing we have to talk about. 
No. Oh, no. Day one predictions. Day one predictions are the last thing. <laughs> Stupid. Big dummy. <laughs> uh, but another other news, everyone in the group has now seen Spider-Man, so if you see us on the street, you can now tell us what you think, and we'll, we'll, we'll bullshit with you about it a little bit. Our good friend Jim Ross. I guess that? we should give the, fa- the fans a few more days of no spoilers before we call spoilers on the podcast. But uh, Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll announce that we're, we're going to do spoilers w- when we actually start. <laughs> you, have, you have one week. We have one week to, li- to watch <laughs> Spider-Man, or we're going to do spoilers. Yeah, we're going to just jam-pack this thing full of Spider-Man spoilers. So. Spoilers, Tom Holland's in it. Ooh, wow, dude. <laughs> yeah, but- it for everyone. Yep, but our good friend uh, Jr. is now cancer-free. He made his he made his return to AEW Dynamite, and uh, you know he said his his famous line, "It's Wednesday night." You know what that means, and you know my, my heart just kind of lit up right there. I'm sure we'll talk about it again on when we get to Dynamite, but there was uh, a lot of cool call outs uh, or shout outs to to Jr. throughout the show that I. Uh, I really appreciate it. It seemed like the whole wrestling community, plus us both, and obviously Dylan as well, that we were all excited to hear that he was cancer-free and coming back. So, yeah, that's a bit of good news in a normal news segment full of tragedy like the rest of this will be. (laughs) Speaking of tragedy, Tony Storm is no longer with WWE. Sup? A solemn sup. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a sad (laughs) sup. You know, like you're like sup, but like sad. Uh, this one is a weird situation. A lot of rumor mill on the streets on this one. Um, there's rumors that she requested the release, which is the strongest rumor. Um, obviously, I've mentioned it before on the show that there has been like reports of her mental health being unstable and that she's dealt with issues and depression from things that have happened during her time in WWE. Um, I do think I believe one rumor is pretty strong, though. She's been in a relationship for a long time with uh, Juice Robinson, who is a frequent New Japan Strong and Impact wrestling star, previously a big New Japan wrestling star, but with COVID and everything like that, he's been kind of locked to the United States. I think they've been posting a lot of pictures together over the long time. And then the day that she got released, a bunch of people that are also New Japan Strong people posted pictures with her, such as Jonah also of impact fame. Uh, and then she posted pictures with Swerve Scott, who is really big with a lot of AEW and impact guys. So I think this was a, I want out of WWE and go want to go somewhere else to be closer to juice Robinson kind of thing. But that's just a rumor. Yeah. And I, I could understand that because the most recent thing that I read about it is that she's just been worn out, like overworked and worn out. And I originally thought, you know, she's, She's Aussie born. She's living in the United States during a really shitty time. And she's been featured on TV quite frequently. So there's there's not really been a break for her as of late. And I thought something along I, I believed that, but now that now what you're talking about, you had Juice Robinson in there and how they're working different schedules because they're on different shows. It, it kind of makes sense. So if if she got closer to people that you know she's she actually has a relationship with i could i could see that definitely helping her so hopefully it works out for her and i'll just be sad that i won't be seeing her on friday nights i will throw one wrench in this whole scenario at you real quick though uh 
Becky Lynch on Instagram on the same day that we the news broke that Tony Storm was no longer in the company posted a picture of Tony Storm and said, I hope to wrestle you someday at Tony Storm and like tagged her. I was like, ooh, that's really awkward. Maybe she's just taking time off. Maybe she comes back. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a, a little bit of Zelina Vega stuff. Obviously, that was slightly different situations. But maybe it's just uh, one of those like Nia Jack's mental health breaks and they're just going to bring her right back afterwards. Yeah, just except like for, they did with Nia Jax. Except for that was never going to happen with Nia Jax. Uh, I did realize something. I'm, I, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of been bad at listening back to the podcast after we've been recording. So I've been playing catch up recently. And I was on the episode that we talked about the whole Seth Rollins fan attack episode about a month yeah. ago, maybe a little less than a month ago. And in that, in that episode, we talked about two people that were, were getting semi pushes or they're getting a push. You brought up your favorite wrestler, Jeff Hardy, and it, it, cause it was right after survivor series. <laughs> and you said, uh, is, is this kind of indicative of a, a semi push for Jeff Hardy? And like a week later, mm. He was released. And then we also, it was also was the start of the Charlotte Tony Storm feud. And it, literally, I was listening to the episode on the day that she got released. And I'm like, ugh, this, this hurts a little bit. I should just stop talking about people I like, only talk about people I don't like. Yeah. Um, like, today, we're going to talk a lot about Madcap Moss today. <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah. Oh, darn, he got released. Damn it. Yeah. So with that, like, I've also noticed that we're pretty good at, at, predicting things more specifically dylan is is has said something on two different occasions right so circle back to mjf darby allen feud what was it darby allen last no yeah. no eddie kingston eddie kingston sorry uh oh, cm punk yeah eddie kingston it was cm punk and eddie kingston and how those okay. promos were like fire right straight fire fuego everybody was talking about them and dylan said you know this is kind of exciting because CM Punk, when he came to the company, he said he wanted to to face some new people, face those new people, and now he's getting into feuds with people like Eddie Kingston, and you know both those people are awesome on the mics. And then he said, "I don't think that it, it's a short term thing, but maybe by the time Revolution rolls around, we'll we'll be, see, be seeing people like CM Punk versus MJF, and those those promos will be awesome." And that was like I was listening to that episode in the midst in the midst of the the just fire promos that we were seeing with that feud. So yeah, actually, I remember him saying that. In the minute that they started that first promo, I was like, "God damn, Dylan caught that one." Yeah, he did. He did really good. His timeline was a little off, but well done, well done, Dylan. I guess the only other piece of news that I had uh, is a rumor mill that I told you about earlier. I'm pretty excited for the possibility of this one, but the rumor mill is hot that Danhausen's coming to AEW, and we've been talking <laughs> about Danhausen a lot recently. And if that ever finally happens, I'll be absolutely stoked. This week he had a video with uh, the sexy ass boys, known as the Gun Club. <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, materializes into maybe an AEW appearance. I don't know if you watched uh, Dynamite the last two weeks, but the amount of Danhausen signs, they're rampant. Yeah, I saw I saw the uh, I watched Dynamite today, actually, and 
I saw a Danhausen and MJF sign, and they were both wearing the Danhausen makeup. Which, if, mm-hmm. according to Danhausen, he only wears a little bit of red makeup underneath his eyes. The rest is just his normal face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I also heard he's like over six feet tall and three hundred pounds. So. Yeah. So, so if you watch any of his video vlogs, people will talk to him about his makeup, and he's like, "What? What are you talking about? Oh, the little bit of red under my eyes." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so there was a sign with MJF and and Danhausen both wearing their makeup, uh, Danhausen's makeup, and Danhausen tweeted it out afterwards, and MJF was like, "Fuck you, fuck this." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, imagine I'm, how good an MJF Danhausen rivalry would be, even if it just lasted like three weeks and we got rid of it. How amazing would that be? All promos. It doesn't need to be anything in the ring. <laughs> If Dan Howes ever does show up, I, I feel like it's going to be a lot of promo work, a lot of backstage segments, you know, more than it is in the ring. Because in the in the ring, he leaves a little bit to be desired. But as a character, you can't you can't top Dan Housen as a character right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all I really have for news, with the exception of the fact that WWE announced that on SmackDown tomorrow. What day is it? Thursday? Yeah, tomorrow. They're going to be doing a top 10 moments of 2021. What what are your thoughts on that? Do you have a do you have a list of top 10 moments that you think are are worthy of that list? Oh, man. Um, First of all, I hope it's not replacing the episode of SmackDown. I'll be pretty sad if the, the going home show of SmackDown is not a going home show at all. It's a top 10 countdown. That'll be pretty sad. But that's what it seems like it might be. And I've already watched all the matches, so like if they give me a top ten, I probably would just like fast forward through the matches to see what they put as a top ten because I like countdowns like that. Matches that really stand out from WWE this year. Are we including NXT? Yeah, well, I don't. I don't think they're going to include NXT, uh, and I don't think it necessarily needs to be matches. It could be moments. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you Dylan's list because he he sent this to me. Okay. Uh, he's got Christian returning at the Rumble. Definitely not going to be on there. Yeah, not anymore. He's got uh, Bobby Lashley's title win. I'm not sure if he's talking about over The Miz or whoever he won it from. It's got to be when he beat The Miz and won it on Raw, right? No, I would think it was the... Well, who who did Bobby Lashley win the, the WWE title from? He beat The Miz. Remember The Miz oh. cashed in the title on Drew on Sunday night at a pay-per-view. And then on the following Monday, Bobby won it. It was like... Oh, right. Yeah. But that was like last December. I don't think that was... No, that was like... Uh, what The road to... The fast lane. Fast lane is when The Miz pet cashed in, I think. So like very early this year. Yeah, it was like right before Mania, I think. Because I would put the Big E cash in above the Bobby Lashley title win, because I think the Big E cash in was bigger, uh, bigger Big E. Yeah, the Big E cash in, I I would put that on a similar level to Xavier wins, Xavier Woods winning King of the Ring. Yeah, both those I could see being on there, especially since they're both like um, still with the company, which is so few and far between the people that started the year. Yeah. Uh, you won't see like a Christian moment on there. Yeah. Uh, he's also got the return of fans at WrestleMania this year. That was a pretty good feel good moment. 
I would say there's only two really big moments from WrestleMania that are worthy of being on the list, which would be like the opening intro and all the fans being there and them calling that out and like Vince McMahon coming out and saying everything. And then obviously main event night one and night two. Yeah. Both main events. But I don't know if they can do night two main event because that guy's not here anymore. Yeah. Da- Daniel Bryan. I think I think Brian they Danielson. can still I think they can still reference Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is so like WWE and Daniel Bryan are so in, ingrained together that I think they can still reference Daniel Bryan. Which one do you think is going to be higher? The night two main event or the night one main event? I would say probably the night night one main event. Yeah, Sasha versus Bianca being maybe the premier women's match in WWE history, I think probably pushes it to the top above most of what we've already talked about, honestly, it might be number one, Sasha versus Bianca. Yeah. It was that good. Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to throw some stupid shit in there, too. Like, I could see, like, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle hugging or getting back together during that, the beginning of the RKO thing. Being the on rise there. of RK Bro would definitely be something I could see WWE putting as a top 10, like, thing in 2021 is, <laughs> like, the rise and togetherness of Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. Stupid. Stupid. Uh, what about the the Usos returning? What about like the the two returns from the Usos, like Jimmy and Jay both coming back and like the building of the bloodline? So that was a weird storyline, right? Uh, I guess this is now also our this year in wrestling remembrance. Twenty twenty one in wrestling recap. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't even realize it's our last episode of twenty. Well. If we want to be technical, I'd say that since this episode's coming out on Saturday, last week was our last episode of 2021, but we are filming this currently in 2021, so we could still be we'll reminiscing. Call it what it is. Yeah, we'll call it, what it Yeah. Is. Now I lost my train. Yeah, so Jay initially returned in 20... For Hell in a Cell. Yeah, it was 2020. Yeah. Yeah, it was before the new year that that Jay and and Roman aligned, and then oh, Jimmy Jimmy returned like way later because he was he was injured, and then he got you know another alcohol related arrest and still still got the tag team titles. Yeah, Jay Uso return. I want to say twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, damn, I'm like struggling to find good stuff from twenty twenty one. What a weird year. Um, uh, I mean, Dylan, Dylan's got a good one on here. He says the zombie lumberjack match. That was not a thing that we're going to talk about <laughs> um, as good, high quality. Um, I think there were 30 beers in that match for 30 debuting zombies. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe the highest rated match of all time. Yeah. Uh, Nothing can ever top it, I don't think. I wish that we'd include NXT. I can think of some really good NXT matches that I would put as a top 10, but I, I can't think of much else SmackDown or Raw-wise that might be worth a top 10 moment. Yeah. Like I would love if they put the the War Games match, maybe like the finale of, or any of the Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly matches. Maybe, what's it called? Tommaso Ciampa versus Braun Breaker at the last Halloween Havoc. Oh, Von Wagner getting a title opportunity. Stop. Never again. Can we put Von Wagner in the category of things we don't talk about? I don't think so. Oh, it's, he's too important to assume I'm guaranteeing it. Yeah. 
maybe this is a, another one of those moments we're going to think back in like a month and be like, man, we called right there. But I would assume that Von Wagner is going to be important. Yeah. Very soon. At least mid-card important. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. <laughs> and, and then our... I guess we could talk about our like biggest moments and or disappointments of WWE this year. We had so many releases. Yeah, almost every release like hurts for some reason. Like every time they'd come out with one, there'd be a list. There would just be like one name that would like stick out as like super painful. Yeah. Whether it was like Keith Lee or Jeff Hardy or I don't know. Uh, Mia Yim. Yeah, that wasn't on my list. Uh, uh, Al- Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Karrion Cross. Ugh. I mean, even Braun Strowman got released this year, didn't he? Yeah, right after WrestleMania. Remember, because WrestleMania Backlash, he was in the main event. And then. Oh, yeah, that was the pay per view after Mania. Remember, it was like a fatal four way or something. No, sure, or at least a triple threat. Triple threat. I think Is it was it a, a triple threat. I think it was a triple threat. A triple threat match. Uh, and he was in it, and then like a week later, we got found, found out he got released. Huh. And so many of these people I still haven't seen yet, which is the frustrating part. Like, you look at the the rosters for AEW; they have some of the big ones. They have the Adam Cole's, the Kyle O'Reilly's, the the Bobby Fishes. Ooh, that was a spoiler. Kyle O'Reilly, that was a spoiler. Oh Shit. yeah, because it's been two um, weeks. Damn. Uh, but. Like a lot of the big ones haven't hit 90 days or haven't found like a steady job somewhere. So, like Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, Killer Cross, uh, Keith Lee, all these guys that we liked so much, we talked so fondly of, we haven't seen wrestle again since. I don't I think mean, I've so seen some, some of them are Braun still Strowman not eligible. Show up, but yeah, the more recent ones, the John Morrisons are not eligible for I, 90 day windows. I, I don't still, even but. think Keith Lee is eligible yet. Has it not been three months yet since Keith Lee and Killer Cross got released? I don't think so. I don't really, I don't know. But Killer Cross, we know is is going back to Impact, or we're pretty sure. Oh, I heard rumor mill. He wants to go Triple A. Triple A. I'm never gonna watch Triple A. Yeah, that's the really first. All these people that go to the Triple A are immediately like, I'm never gonna watch them because that's where John Morrison and Ty Valkyrie said they're gonna go. So if they go to Triple A, we're definitely not watching them. I mean, I watch almost everything else that's American, at least. Yeah, I don't, but that's fine. There, did you see Keith Lee's comment today? It kind of hit the the social media stream. No, someone posted like a video. It was like a a montage of great Keith Lee moments. It was like just wishing WWE would re-sign this guy so I can watch great moments like this again. And he responded to that fan saying. Well, don't get your hopes up. They made enough money off my name without me even being there. Pretty much shooting down that he would ever work with that company ever again. And that's understandable, but it also kind of solidifies the the rumor that Keith Lee was hard to work with. I yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, I do have one question. On while we're on this topic of releases, uh, I read a. It was someone's uh, opinion post. It was, a, it was a long opinion. It was, it was like pages. And I was reading through it. And it was giving all these examples of how WWE is going to rebuild the roster. And it was already like showing you exactly how they're going to do it. And they basically used examples like Kenny Omega and AJ Styles as the people that WWE is not going to buy for. So they basically said like WWE is not buying Kenny Omega's or AJ Styles' ever again. 
the the idea that NXT is like this building ground of like thirty plus year old FCW, people, you know, it's yeah, it's never going to do it. We're going to go back to FCW. We're going to do ruthless aggression all over again. And it was like every person they sign will be the indie version of Kenny Omega, who's twenty two, the Cora Jades, the Grayson Wallers, the Joe Gacy's. These guys are all indie stars that they've brought in who are twenty five or less. They're going to also go FCW and build the John Cena's and the Batistas homegrown. Yeah. I mean, and so that, that makes sense. It's the post WCW ECW days when they completely revamped the roster in like 03, 04. They had like their mainstays that they kept around the JBLs and Eddie Guerrero's, right? But then they completely rebuilt the roster with the Randy Orton's and the John Cena's and all the stuff that were all young guys. And I think they're doing the same thing again. And it's going to lead to a future success because what's AEW going to do in 10 years? They don't have a breeding ground, right? Well, yeah. I mean, Dark and Elevation are are there. Yeah. Well, that's their, pretty but, much their equivalent to main event, I guess. But that's how they build guys that are established to get wins, not to build guys that need to get established, you know? Yeah. Like I can only think of like two or three people that like built themselves up through Dark. And it's like Fuego Del Sol who once again is back on dark and not doing anything. Yeah. You know, that was Fuego del Sol signed like his big signing with AEW thing was a, a path to get Sammy Guevara in the TNT championship picture. That's yeah. all it ended up being. So, and look how long that lasted. Spoiler. Oh, Oh, I get you. I got you. Yeah. That one hurts. That's one of them. Yeah. That one is one of my least favorite moments of 2021. Yeah, but we'll talk about that when we get to Friday Night Rampage. Friday Night I don't like it. I don't like. I don't like that that combination of words. It didn't didn't. EW well. Friday Night Rampage on TNT. TBS. No, they're keeping Rampage on TNT. Oh, really? Yeah, they announced that on WWE Dynamite. AEW Dynamite. See what you did. See what you did. On on Dynamite, they said that this that was their last showing on tnt for dynamite but that all special events and rampage would stay on tnt so battle of the belts and stuff like that's going on tnt but dynamite's the only thing moving okay which doesn't make any sense but whatever yeah huh i didn't i didn't realize that i thought everything was going to tbs nope. I, wa- I wonder what i'm recording at 10 o'clock on fridays now might be a banger. AEW TNT Rampage. No, I, whatever TBS is set for. I don't know. Probably a Friends marathon. Maybe a couple episodes of Seinfeld. <laughs> we might get our. Whatever. We might get a replay of. Uh, I don't know the two the Spider Man two. T- TBS shows a lot of mid two thousands comedies and Friends and Seinfeld on repeat. Maybe a, a Family Guy marathon might hit it one day, but Ooh, right nice. now you'll get a lot of Friends. <laughs> you're going to record Friday night at 10. You're going to get two episodes of Friends. That's what you're going to get. <laughs> and I'll watch those and I'll talk about them on the podcast. <laughs> also happening at the same time as Rampage was happening on TNT, uh, Monica on Friends. <laughs> uh, Ross and Rachel were in fact on a break. <laughs> they went back and forth for that whole show we could talk about that relationship for hours i'm pretty sure and i've only watched like six episodes <laughs> Alrighty then 
I guess we should get into uh, SmackDown, right? Oh, we're starting on with SmackDown? That's the first episode of a show that we didn't talk about last time was the SmackDown from the 17th of December. Oh, you're right. We uh we recorded on a on a Thursday last time. Damn it. All right. Yeah. I I will be ready to talk about SmackDown. All right. So SmackDown from the last two weeks, I want to talk about my favorite thing that happened in the last two weeks. Because this past week, the Christmas Eve episode was not overly great. Because they filmed both of them on the same day. It was a pre-recorded taping from the 17th. Um, But like I've complained about in the past, SmackDown has a really big problem filling two hours of time. And they did it again with the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders came out to their new theme music. They do the, the raid, raid, right? And the crowd's really getting into it. And they go to commercial. They're still in the, they're like walking in the ring. Go to commercial. Uh, they come back from commercial. We do like raw recap and then a backstage segment for someone completely the fucking else. Then we come back to the ring and they're still in the ring doing the raid thing. And then we go to commercial again. And then we come back from commercial and they're still doing the raid thing before they get into a match with Los Lotharios. <laughs> this was like 14 minutes of raid, raid, raid. Raid. And then I have a I have a Pat McAfee quote for this match. It wasn't a great match. They squashed Los Lotharios. Not important. Um at one point, the bigger one, uh Ivar? Ivar. Yeah, I think Ivar is the bigger one. The bigger one. The dumber ran to the one. bigger, dumber looking one. And Ivar's ran to the quarter. No offense to our one listener, Ivar. <laughs> oh sorry, one of our three. Ivar is upset. Um <laughs> He ran into the corner and put his ass in one of the faces of Los Lotharios. And Pat McAfee yelled on SmackDown, ass for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) On Friday Night SmackDown, I like wrote it and underlined it. (laughs) Just Pat McAfee going, ass for dinner. (laughs) That wasn't really important to what happened on SmackDown for two weeks. But that's once again a complaint of mine about SmackDown and their inability to FaceTime and the greatest Pat McAfee quote of all time. Ass for dinner. Have, have yeah. you ever had ass for dinner? No. Hmm. Missing out. <laughs> but more importantly, on to things that actually matter and happened on SmackDown. Um, There's only one actual advancement of storyline on SmackDown ever. Especially I only now, have, that, now that Tony's gone. Yeah, well, for I guess we should talk about that first then, I guess. So two weeks ago, they had the women's tag match, Tony and Sasha versus Charlotte and somebody? Shotzi? Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi. Yeah. She's not Blackheart anymore. I, I don't care. We do, we do name chains every five minutes around here. I do what I want. <laughs> I'm not Chad anymore, if you didn't know. Um, so point being, uh, they had a really great tag match, which built up to... Charlotte versus Tony last week on the Christmas Eve episode of SmackDown and Charlotte beat Tony clean in the match to once again kind of move herself out of that storyline. I don't know if that was in preparation for Tony to leave, but Charlotte has clean beaten Tony Storm. I think she's moving on to newer pastures. Maybe the Royal Rumble winner will be against Charlotte Flair. Maybe. Maybe Sasha. Could be Sasha, could be Bailey. I hope for a Bailey comeback. Bailey's 
Bailey. We need Bailey back. Bailey winning the Rumble is my is my bold prediction right now. Yeah, same. I'm pretty convinced Bailey's winning the Rumble. Yeah, I got other predictions, but Bailey's number one. Lives up I have there too. One, I have one other Royal Rumble prediction. That's you. You guys are going to shoot down immediately, but we'll we'll get to that when we get to the Royal Rumble in a few weeks. No, I want to hear it now. Now, now you now you've teased it. I think Shayna Baszler is a dark horse to to be in the final five or four people and to have a significant run. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, we say that every, every year. We say that though. <laughs> Dylan's like, nope, I'm done. Nope, I'm not doing it. But I think Shayna Baszler could do it to be number one or just in top four. To be in the final four. I'll buy top four. She's been in the top four before. She's been number two before. Who'd she finish two to? I think Charlotte. When she two years ago, when she challenged Rhea Ripley, when Charlotte challenged Rhea Ripley. Damn. Maybe that changes my pick. Maybe not. Maybe she's the big show of Royal Rumbles and she finished two a lot of times. Huh. He's just so big. He can't get thrown out. What year was it that Nia Jax entered the Royal Rumble? The men's Royal Rumble? Oh, I don't know. 17 or 18, maybe? Maybe. I feel like it was more recent than that, but you could be right. You may be right. Well, they had women. They had women's Royal Rumbles not long after that. We've, we've had three women's Rumbles, right? Yeah, but it was in a year. 21, 2019. So it, was, it, it, was was... In, it was in a year that they had a women's Royal Rumble, and, she, and Nia still entered. In the men's role, I thought Rumble. it was the I thought it was the year before that. Now, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna juggle it. Oh, I mean, yeah, ask Jeeves, yeah. ask Jeeves that. Um, while you're ask Jeeves that, I guess I'll talk about some other stuff from SmackDown. Something that's really bad and is overly drawn out, and I want to see if you agree with me on this. I cannot stand this stupid Naomi and Sonya Deville storyline any longer. I liked it at first. I really liked it because it at was first. it was a little bit real. They're they're long playing it at this point, and you're like, eh. it's so drawn. It's the same every week. Naomi yeah. comes out. Naomi's like, I want to face you, Sonia. And Sonia's like, here I am, except for no, it's Natalia. No, it's Shayna. No, it's anyone but me. Or maybe it is me in a tag team match, and you're still gonna lose. Wow. It's so drawn out. Wow, this Royal Rumble, dude. What one which one was it? 2019. Okay. And so there was a women's Royal Rumble there. That was the first one, right? I think it was the second one. Okay. Because uh, you're right, there have been three. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable defeated Scott Dawson and Razar. What? What? In, in the pre-show. What were Scott Dawson and Razar doing t- together? Ray Razar from Authors of Pain? Yeah, w- when Drake Maverick was their manager. What the fuck? Maybe it was like a four tag teams. There was like one member of each tag team. Maybe. That's weird. Oh, uh, had Dawson and Rizar won, both Revival and AOP would have received a Raw Tag Team Championship opportunity. Okay, then. Yeah. Uh, Shinsuke and Rusev in the pre-show. Buddy Murphy defeated Kalisto, Akira Tozawa, and Hideo Itami. For the Cruiserweight Championship. I'm sure that was a banger. 
Yeah, that looks Buddy, really Buddy good. Murphy cruiserweight reign was the best cruiserweight reign of all. Asuka retained her title, her SmackDown Women's title, over Becky Lynch by submission. This one's a big one. This one's a big one, a really big one. All right. The Miz and Shane McMahon defeated the Bar. Oh, remember that tag team? I remember that. Remember them finishing at WrestleMania too, and everything. Yeah, and then they had a match at Hell in a Cell that year. Not Hell in a Cell. They had a a cell a cage match at. Uh, Money in the Bank fight or something like that at Mania, right? Yeah, they had a they had a cage match at Money in the Bank because I was there. Oh, wow. Uh, Ronda Rousey defeated Sasha Banks to retain her title. Becky Lynch mm-hmm. won by eliminating Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan defeated AJ Styles to retain. Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar defeated Finn Balor. Remember that match? No. And then Seth Rollins. Oh, wait, where, where was it? Oh, yeah, sorry. So the uh, Becky Lynch was the women's rumble. And then Seth Rollins won by eliminating Braun Strowman. And that was the one that Nia Jax, was Nia Jax entered. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the one that Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar in the opening of WrestleMania that year. And yes. Becky Lynch won the triple threat at the end of the year. Yeah. At the end of the night. Yeah. That's like the four and a half hour long, five hour long mania where Seth Rollins opened the night beating Brock and Becky ended the night beating Charlotte and Ronda Rousey in a triple threat for both titles. A triple threat. I feel like it was a 70, or like, sorry, seven-hour mania. There was well, one. With that... pre-show, I guess you got to add all that in. But, but it started at like seven and finished at like midnight plus pre-show, so definitely over se- over five hours. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a big one. <laughs> That's the one. It, w- it was past midnight. It was in, it was in New York. And there was like big complaints about like the metro system not being able to get everyone out of the stadium, so like people couldn't find ways to get back to their hotels and stuff. I don't know. We were six hours behind, so it started at like one o'clock in the afternoon for us, so it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, those are bad. that was that was like the the main perk of what of living in Hawaii. All sports start early. Yeah, <laughs> like really early. I was down here already for that one. Yeah. We were talking about modern wrestling. That was a kind of a tangent. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, the only other two things I have for SmackDown uh, that matter, I guess, that aren't trash storylines. Sammy Zayn is the number one contender for a title. And he had a couple <laughs> great weeks of promos. With Brock Lesnar before getting his title shot against Shinsuke, which I don't know when that match is happening. I thought it was at day one. Apparently, it's not. Yeah, this was also when uh, the Sami Zayn number one contender for Roman Reigns title was what, right? No, that was we talked about that on the previous episode that he had the match against. Remember, because y'all hadn't watched it yet. We were recording. And I, I told you all about it. Yeah, that's why I don't remember talking about it, because we, we weren't watching it. Okay. Then this week was when Roman Reigns wasn't there, because he was in Samoa training. And Brock Lesnar came out to the ring and kind of tried to be friends with him. Yeah, it was a great segment. Yeah. And, and that's when Paul Heyman came out and Sami Zayn said, like, you can't interrupt me. I'm still an elite athlete. I can still kick your ass, 
before Brock Lesnar came out and reformed their alliance, basically. And, and the next week, past week, yeah. The next week, Roman Reigns was back, and he had heard what what uh, Brock Lesnar was saying, or sorry, what Paul Heyman was saying, and he fired him, which was also a good segment. Yeah, so there's this big question mark on what Paul Heyman's really connected to. Is he really with Brock? Is it all uh, is it all a work that he's not with Roman anymore? I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Tough match to predict. Well, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Oh, shit. We still have a SmackDown before then. Uh, well, it might be 10 moments of fucking 2021, so SmackDown. But no, because usually, usually they put that in a montage, and it lasts like three minutes, you know? I'm really hoping we don't watch 10 matches of no. matches we've already watched for SmackDown. No, no it's going to be like short moments like Big E cashing in and, or Big E winning the title or something like that. Cause we're not, they're not going to have us watch the entire, the entire Big E versus Bobby Lashley match because that actually ended up being a pretty long match. It's going to be, it's going to be Big E the one, two, three, a montage like that, you know, and then Big E celebrating. It's going to be Becky Lynch's music playing and someone walking down to the ring or her walking down to the ring more specifically. And I think that they'll probably spread it out throughout the show. So it'll be like moment, match, moment, match, moment, match kind of thing. I hope so. I hope we get some going home show that kind of builds into day one more. If we're talking about day one needing to be this like big show that they're trying to do every year on January the 1st, um, then we at least have to have a go home show. We can't have like, we can't just like go into it without a, a go home show. That would yeah. be lame as fuck. But yeah, once Sammy gets out of that Brock Lesnar storyline, he's now the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship in like a 45 minute long gauntlet match that SmackDown did last week. Yeah. It was long. You don't want to talk about Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin and their Miracle on 34th Street match? The Miracle on 34th Street fight, which I knew Dylan loves these uh, <laughs> holiday themed street fights. I kind of said he's not here to talk about how much he loves these holiday street <laughs> holiday themed street fights. No, I don't really want. I mean, Madcap Moss is going to face Drew McIntyre at the pay per view. Yeah, that that's a thing. Him and Baron Corbin are a partnership against Drew McIntyre. That's Really good storytelling. It's bad. All right. So I feel like SmackDown has become my least favorite WWE show. And that's crazy because when you started recording with us, SmackDown was number one and we hated Raw. Yeah. And now I'd much whether watch Raw or NXT, which for a while I hated NXT. Yeah. As soon as NXT 2.0 aired, we were like, this sucks. And now we're like, NXT 2.0 is kind of good. (laughs) <laughs> I every week I'm very invested in what they're doing on, yeah. on 2.0. Yeah. Like, I'm completely bought in at this point. Yeah, I am I am supportive. But if they do a go home show tomorrow, I can tell you five things that happen on it. I'm just gonna guess five things. Are you ready for this? Uh Paul Heyman talks on the mic in the ring by himself, and we get Roman and Brock. Uh Sami Zayn gets a backstage segment talking about how he's gonna win the number one title. I mean the intercontinental title. Uh, Naomi versus Sonya is going to have another fucking thing on there. Charlotte's going to do a promo in the ring by herself. And Baron and Corbin and Madcap Moss are going to get some up on fucking Drew McIntyre right before they go home show, on, during the go home show. 
it's gonna be the most predictable fucking two hours of TV. Yeah. Every yeah. week of SmackDown's the same. Yeah. So let's move on from SmackDown then. Please. Yeah. So for Raw, we're gonna talk about the major storylines and what happened in the past two weeks. So obviously we have the we have the storyline of the what is it, the RK Bro tournament? What do they even call it? Yeah, we it? had the RK Bronament. Bronament, yeah. Which I thought actually was kind of a good concept. Yeah, it, it was it was a good way to get your next your next competitors. I really think that. All while they still had RK Bro kind of in a feud with somebody else, because for the last two weeks they've been feuding with Alpha Academy, and Otis is getting some weird push. Yeah. Did you see how many RKOs he got out of? Over two weeks, he got out of six RKOs. Yeah, in so, two weeks. So yeah, six. so so that was that was the week before this week. Uh, we we finally had singles matches. It was Riddle versus Gable. Which Shorty Riddle, G. No, it's not Shorty G anymore. <laughs> Chad Gable again, and uh, and you mean Gable. No, I think he's Chad Gable. I think he's he, he has the full he's name. He's had four names. In the... <laughs> okay, so he's Chad Gable. Got it. Yeah. So Matt Riddle. Yeah, there I said it. Matt Riddle picked up the win on Gable. See? see? <laughs> His name is Damn. Riddle, first of all. Damn it. <laughs> Next, they're going to give him just Matt. <laughs> just you wait and see. Uh, and then Randy Orton faced Otis, and he finally got the RKO on him. And RK or yeah, Randy picked up the win on him. I got a funny quote from this uh, this rivalry that I wrote down that I enjoyed. Uh, right before the the two matches from this week's Raw, uh, RK Bro did their little thing in the ring, and Alpha Academy came out, and Chad Gable was spitting hot fire. Um, he's pretty good on the mic, actually. I'm pretty surprised. But at the end, our <laughs> Matt Riddle, or now known as Riddle, said. We're going to give you the three most dangerous letters in all of sports entertainment. RK bro. And check it. goes right up to the camera and goes, bro's not a letter. That's a word. <laughs> Thanks. He's got a master's degree to tell you that. Yeah, that's that's what it takes. <laughs> I've always hated riddle, but this this storyline, it's it works. Yeah, I I, that it works. And honestly, he's he's laying more into his stone or his weed smoker stoner vibe kind of thing. Yeah. And this week he even said something about a higher higher power or something like that. Yeah. And then he's the, the shaman. Ne- yeah. The next night he like MSK. Well, we'll get to MSK, but they they also laid into the the pot smoking thing. <laughs> I don't even know the words I'm trying to say. Stoner uh, vibe, stoner vibes. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that um, Bronaman did end though with the Street Profits getting the number one contendership shot. So they'll face uh, RK Bro at the pay per view day one, which will be good. Ooh, who's gonna win? Guess we'll get we'll to that to see. <laughs> oh man, just wait till you hear my picks. I have some um, spicy meatballs in there. <laughs> Pick some spicy meatballs. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to play it safe today. Yeah, I'm already. I'll play it safe with AEW Revolution, but I'm already not the champ. So, 
Yeah, I know, right? You're, nothing to lose. Everything to gain. What do you think about? They keep on leaning into this. This Damian Priest, Damian versus his is his bad side, and Priest is his good side. You know. You I hate don't. It? I don't love it. <laughs> it's not my favorite thing. I. I wish a Damian Priest match would end in anything other than a disqualification. That'd be like cool if we could just like have Damian Priest matches end any other way. Um, yeah, but this, you know, every single one ends in disqualification because of this gimmick. This week he was the bad guy. He's like the bad guy. It's like I don't know what to see. Like they can't sell that Dolph Ziggler's the good guy, but they definitely sold Damian Priest as like not a good guy. Like there's a real merging of characters here, and once again we got a disqualification with his number one contendership match, which gave Dolph Ziggler a title match the following week, which once again ended in disqualification. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dolph Ziggler's still the number one contender, I think. Do you think he wins it off Damian Priest? I don't know. Last time Dolph Ziggler had the United States Championship, he relinquished it. Though, so, like a week later, like he won it, and then like within a week was no longer the champion, and then was off TV for like six months. Yeah, let's not have that happen again. They don't have the roster to support that. <laughs> we got a three-hour show where we're trying to find ways to put Apollo Cruz on it. So Apollo Cruz, uh, yeah. that's right. Grayson Waller showed up on Raw this week. Yeah, that was one of the things that definitely highlighted. Uh, Grayson Waller, who we'll talk about more on Wednesday when we talk about NXT. NXT is not on Wednesday. Tuesday, we'll talk about NXT. Um, I guess we'll cover more about Grayson Waller, but he made his, his debut on Raw sitting ringside and was called to the ring by AJ, who on the previous week broke up with his buddy almost. Yeah. I'm not so sad in the last about it. Two weeks. <laughs> almost turned on AJ and almost kind of disappeared, which is okay. Which is and exactly think, what we said was going to happen. Like without yep. AJ Styles, almost is nothing. Almost is another big guy that's not that good at wrestling. He's going to get a Royal Rumble push. Just you wait. He's not going to win it, but oh, he's going to get yeah. like a. He's, he's going to get like four enter, or five eliminations. He's going to enter early, and he's going to make it till about fifth, less than fifteen people left, and then a bunch of like five to six people are going to team up to try and toss him over the ring. It's not going to work. And then a different five to six people are going to team up to try and get him over the top. And then he's going to get eliminated. Yep. <laughs> Calling it now. He's the next big show. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So once they turned on, uh, once almost turned on AJ, it seems like AJ's really getting a face push. Now his uh, appearances with Grayson Waller and then his appearance against Apollo Cruz the following week. I think he's definitely set up for a face push here. Yeah, AJ is the veteran face now. The why would you not be honorable face, you know? Yeah. That, it's like every time we just need a really good face, we just go back to AJ being a face again. Like, oh shit, we don't have a good enough face. Uh uh AJ, you're you're a face again and you're by yourself and we just need you to show up a bunch. Yeah, AJ is one of those people that I think does better character work as a face. Like yeah. his year long WWE championship reign was pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Like, well, I don't think he's a bad heel. I think he's better face. Yeah. I just don't like him mid card heel. Like if 
if he's a heel, I want to see him like main event, main event level. Yeah. yeah, I don't want him chasing the tag team championships. I, I want to see him like with scathing promos. God, Samoa Joe's promos with when AJ when he was facing oh. AJ for the WWE Championship that got real. That was so good. Yeah. Have you heard the? Have you seen the pictures of Samoa Joe? No. He's, oh, in, uh, in the in the performance been, center. Yeah, he's been. It looks like he's coaching now, and they spot. He was spotted as one of the judges for the most recent tryout. It was like him and William Regal sitting next to each other during the last tryout, which apparently included Roxy, the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Ooh. Because she's like twenty years old, so it's exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so Smojo, talent scout. Huh. I love him in the ring, though. Like, I, I want to... Uh, selfishly, even though I feel like that's best for him at his age and his body type, like, I want to see him with the WWE Championship. I feel Just like we once. got we got cheated out of it. We did. Every like, time I thought he was the one that was going to win it, he, he didn't win it. Yeah. Remember that Fatal 4? It was like... Brock, Braun, Samoa Joe, and somebody else for the yeah, WWE at championship. Summer, at summer, it was Roman Reigns. Was it Roman? Uh, Brock, Brock had it? Yeah, it was at SummerSlam where Brock got stretchered out. That was like SummerSlam 2018 or something. I remember that being an amazing match. Yeah, it was It was really good. Like Their big man, multi-man matches are... Usually really good. Edge. Yep, it was Lesnar versus Reigns versus Joe versus Strowman in SummerSlam. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, sad to see him in a coaching role, but, like, happy that he's doing something. Yeah, I'm glad he found his niche in WWE right now. It's going to work for him. Yeah, because he's, he, like, he, he really is so, so good. A technical wrestler, especially at his size, like, you don't see that a lot, like someone someone that size as a as a technical wrestler. He was agile and had the ability of a small technical wrestler like a Daniel Bryan, but as a, a big 300-pound Samoan submission machine. Yeah. So. Hopefully he... One of my all-time favorites. Hopefully he uses his experience to, to train that next generation so that we can have a Ruthless Aggression Era style comeback. Yeah, we need I, I really think we're about to hit that. We need in it. the next like two years. That way we don't watch uh, Miz vs. Edge uh, any longer. Speaking of Miz vs. Edge, <laughs> um, we got two old guys who both have gray hairs brewing on their head. Talking for two weeks now, they're building this promo for the day one card, which included two weeks ago we had the Maurice on whatever edge, cutting edge. Yeah, cutting edge. And then that was a conniving effort by the Miz to attack Edge. And then this past week, the Miz and Maurice had wedding vows, starring Eric Bischoff by Eric Bischoff, which was shocking. Yeah, he's shown up on AEW a bunch recently. Yeah, that's uh, Eric Bischoff's just going where the money is because he's never going to be an executive in wrestling again. He never should have been. He uh he does do a lot of appearances on um what's that show, uh Dark Side of the Ring. 
which is good. I think that's the perfect role for him. Just have him show up on Dark Side of the Ring. No, my favorite thing on Dark Side of the Ring is is uh, when Vince Russo and Jim Cornette are on the same episodes because I hate both those guys. Uh, they always when, they hate each other. Yeah, because they're like, well, this is what this what Vince said, or this is what Jim said, and they're like, fuck that guy. I think it was Jim Cornette says that he wants to live long enough to piss on Vince Russo's grave, or maybe it was the other way around. Yeah, the, I remember the episode of the Montreal Screwjob where they just kept telling the camera that the other one's a fucking liar. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those guys are aggressive. And they both suck. Yeah, I don't like either one of them. But, so yeah, gotta, Miz and Edge are going to have a, a a match. Yeah, we got a brood bath this week. Yeah, which, once again, Edge going back to his brood days. The first time Edge, Edge brought back the brood was like really cool and this this time it it's still cool you know but it's it feels like they're they're trying to f- feed off of it's forced and it's, it's feeding off the success of the last time this one it, it was supposed to look like blood totally looked like chocolate syrup it was <laughs> the wrong color it was not red at all it was brown that shit looked like runny chocolate that, that's it's like the bray wyatt blood that kept coming out of randy orton's yeah. mouth oh my god the black shit yeah i completely forgot the black shit in randy orton's mouth was <laughs> jesus oh my god remember that time alexa bliss sat on his lap yeah yeah don't we all um including randy orton but yeah the brood made a, a turn and um or not the brood themselves but like the brood gimmick made a return he splashed the the wedding with all sorts of blood that looked like chocolate. <laughs> so where's the storyline going? Dylan said it earlier, and when he was talking about to us with predictions, and I, it was the same thing I told my wife during the whole thing. I think that this is heading towards a a mixed tag team WrestleMania match. I said it a couple weeks ago, actually, on on the podcast. It's recorded. There's there's record recorded proof that I said it. Is that when we talked about Beth Phoenix giving up, and you were like, "No, she's making her." Her in-ring returns. She, she's, get, she's getting ready for her mixed tag match at Mania, is what I said. Yeah, I could tell. I could totally see it happening. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's. They happening. even mentioned her during one of these promos. They were like, "Would you do that to Beth?" And he's like, "No, I respect Beth. I would never do that." <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, here it comes." Yep, it's it's happening. Which okay, I can dig it. I I think the biggest news that came out of this week that I, I waited till Raw to talk about. Is is Seth Rollins going to be at day one? Oh, yeah. This is a rumor mill that he has COVID, which is why he wasn't at the show this past week. And there's a possibility he doesn't make it because he can't clear up a, a negative test in time. Yeah. Which would be wild. But I don't think it changes my pick or my person getting pinned in the match. You still think Kevin's getting pinned? No, I don't. Oh, wow. Not after this week's Raw. I don't. Okay. I thought I was going to be all alone on this one. Nope. I don't think Kevin takes the pin at all. <laughs> I thought I was all alone. Damn. I think Bobby got added to take the pin. Yeah, I could see it. All right. Well, we'll talk about that more at the end. But yeah, we uh, <laughs> in the last two weeks, we've had uh, Big E and Bobby versus Seth and Kevin have a big tag team match. Um, and then some promos last week. My question from this is, 
all the backstage segments with Bobby Lashley and the MVP. Are we getting a Bobby Lashley face turn? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's he's a face. And he, do you think MVP goes back to the hurt business with Cedric and Shelton if he gets kicked out of being Bobby's valet? What do you think MVP's role is here? Well, I think he's I th- I don't think they would have brought back Cedric and Shelton Benjamin if they weren't bringing back the Hurt Business. So I don't know if we're going a a full Hurt Business face turn, but I don't really think so. I think that you're right. MVP is going to be the manager for the Hurt Business, which is now just a tag team, and Bobby Lashley is going to be a face. Yeah, that's what I, I would put money on right here. We're going to have a big build uh, up through WrestleMania time frame of Bobby Lashley being a face and probably losing to uh, or probably losing MVP as his aide. Maybe eight. MVP goes back to the heart business. Well, he doesn't, maybe he just doesn't do anything. Or maybe he gets released in two weeks. Who knows? But I think a Bobby Lashley face push might be a backup plan if The Rock can't make WrestleMania. You think he's getting he's switching to SmackDown? I think you could definitely see a Bobby <laughs> Lashley winning the Rumble and maybe facing Roman if The Rock can't make it to WrestleMania because they need a face. They have to have a face, huh? So why else make Bobby Lashley a face if he's not going to face someone major? I think Drew's the bad guy until then, or the face till then, and then maybe Bobby wins it off. Roman, or maybe Bobby just faces Roman. I don't know. Huh. Definitely going face, though. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Which is why I think he gets pinned here. Because you think he's going to win the Rumble. Dark Horse. Huh. Thinking Bobby's a Dark Horse. Okay. Alrighty. Sweet. That's all I have on Raw. I the only other thing I have written down that matters at all is that Becky and Liv are going to have another match at day one. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, they built that. Yeah, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, I will say, uh, Liv Morgan, not the best at promos. No, but not I like her in the ring. Good. good in the ring. Decent character. Bad at promos. Yeah. Kind of cringy on promos. Yeah. Well, maybe she'll get better. Probably not. Probably not, which is also why I have her losing it day one. That's why I want Asuka as her manager. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (gasps) Remember Asuka just yelling all the time backstage? Her her real character is just her yelling. She just yells in Japanese and like we're not supposed to understand what she's saying at all, but she's just yelling a lot. Uh, shall we move on to NXT? Yeah, I like NXT. I really like NXT now. Like every week, I'm really excited for NXT. Yeah. So, first thing I want to talk about is is the obvious. You know, it's it's good storytelling hasn't really led to any. It's it hasn't led to any matches at all. Actually, is the Tommaso Ciampa versus Ron Breaker stuff. Like so, 
two weeks ago they set up the match this week it, they elevated the match and i think Braun breaker is is good on the mic hate his name i think he's good on the mic and he's good on the ring and he is i think he's the right choice to to be the first nxt 2.0 champ I think they also have done a good job showing him as somebody that you want to cheer for in different ways. Like they've shown him as the locker room leader already. Like remember that Brayson Waller coming into the locker room and then Braun Breaker kicks him out and says that the locker room doesn't want him there anymore. So like the fans want to be behind a guy who everyone thinks is the locker room leader. Even when he is talking on the mic against Tommaso Champa, he's not like rude or anything. So it's kind of selling him as like a neutral, you know, kind of guy. Like, he says negative things, but it's not like he's being a big dickhead, like a normal heel would be. I, I don't know. I'm just getting yeah. this, like, really neutral vibe from Braun Breaker that people want to cheer for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Uh, hate his name. Hate his name. Hate his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Let's make a bunch of rules of things we can and can't say while Dylan's not here. <laughs> you can't call him Braun Breaker anymore. You must call him Braun Steiner. <laughs> that's a rule you can't do it anymore we can't talk about von wagner anymore we should make just a ridiculous rule as well like something he really likes doing like we'll say oh yeah you can't say yup after you when you agree with somebody anymore segways are not allowed anymore dylan <laughs> <laughs> speaking of segways nope you can't do that <laughs> Uh, that'd be good uh other yeah. things that were good on nxt what do you got i got the i got the unification match for the nxt cruiserweight championship and the north american championship which is one of the hardest matches i've ever had to predict yeah i'm glad we're not predicting new year's evil <laughs> like man this the whole card is thing like every match i'm just like fuck if i know who's winning that like I think Braun Breaker is going to win, but other than that, I'm like, ooh. I'm uh, really I, sure. I was totally being sarcastic when I said that the Cruiserweight title was going to win the Unification Chip. It's Roderick Strong. Yeah, but the way I'm understanding it is, if it's unified, the other two, the like, if one title wins, the other title goes away. At the end of the Unification contract signing, the last thing Wade Barrett said that the winner no matter who it was, would be called the North American champion. Oh, okay. I guess I misunderstood Completely that. changing my opinion of that match. Yeah. Like, completely changing my opinion. I was with you on this one that I thought there, Carmelo Hayes was guaranteed to win because you're not going to combine them into the cruiserweight title. But knowing that whoever wins is now going to be called the North American champion and just the North American champion, fuck if I know. I have no idea. You think they're gonna they're gonna try and be really nice to Roddy just to get to not have the last member of Undisputed Era go over to AEW? I don't think they care about Roddy that much. I think they put a lot of money into trying to get Adam Cole to stay and Kyle O'Reilly to stay. I don't think they cared about Bobby or Roddy. I just don't think they care. And honestly, the Roderick Strong stuff. I think the the four man Undisputed Era was awesome like my favorite era of nxt the undisputed gold era yeah but if he didn't go to AEW, i i don't think it would change it for me 
Yeah, I kind of hope he doesn't. I, I think it's actually kind of perfect the way they have it right now with Red Dragon and Adam Cole and the Young Bucks kind of working this like custody of Adam Cole thing. Spoilers. Um, spoilers. Sorry. Um, I don't think Roger Strong fits in that whole gimmick and that storyline. So I, I kind of hope they just keep him on AEW. I mean, uh, see, see that's, that, that, that's, that's where I'm conflicted, right? Because I know he doesn't have a, a, a place in NXT really. Because he's probably early 30s to mid 30s. Yeah, he's old. So I, I know he doesn't really have a place on NXT right now, but I know that the way that aid or the main roster, as it's been called, treats their smaller guys, their smaller technical wrestlers. So, unless they're Daniel Bryan, they don't have a spot. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And yeah, unless they keep him on NXT, like doing stuff, I really don't see a spot for Roddy anywhere. But I, I, I want to see him succeed. You know? Yeah, I know. I love Roddy, the king of the backbreaker. I love those crazy backbreakers he does. Yeah. So, so that's where I'm conflicted. Is I don't really see a spot, like an absolute necessity for him in AEW right now. I'd be excited if I saw it. Like if I saw Undisputed Era reunite entirely i would be excited but i don't think i think you're right the the three versus three is what i want to work towards in AEW right now and i don't think we need roderick strong i did really enjoy the setup for this match with dexter lumis versus trick williams and then the uh follow-on unification title match contract signing with wade barrett was a very enjoyable segment on nxt with uh, Malcolm Bivens doing the the Trick Williams like uh, translations, and then Wade yeah, Barrett he, had no idea what the fuck was going on. It was yeah. like Trick Williams <laughs> with like current day slang, and Malcolm Bivens translating it, and then like Roderick Strong having no and Wade Barrett just like staring at him blankly, like "What are y'all talking about?" <laughs> that was a good segment, though. I think all four people that got time on the mic, so Malcolm Bivens, Roderick Strong. Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes all did really good in that segment. Actually, kind of excited for that match. Yeah, I think it'll be awesome. Like match, mm, I don't know. I was gonna say match of the night, but Ron Breaker versus Tommaso. Tommaso Champa is is just gonna burn the house down. Yeah, that's gonna. It was great the first time. Yeah, it's gonna be great again. Yeah, and uh, we also worked towards the women championship match at New Year's Evil. Basically, what it ended up being this week was there was a tag team match, faces versus heels. So Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai and no EO and Kaylee. Uh, oh yeah, so not really heels even like one team yeah, the, like one team, but they split up. I guess I don't know. It was the, it was the War Games face team kind of split into two teams. I don't know why they did it because pre-match they said it was against Toxic Attraction and then they decided to change it and EO versus Kaylee Ray. It was a good match though and it did establish uh, Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez as being in the triple threat match and then it also kind of built some weird tension between Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez which has been showing up recently. Yeah, because all four of them want to be want to be the number one contender right now. So. Yep. so yeah, I thought that was an interesting way to do it as you put them on a tag team. It's not even, they didn't even play on the can they coexist thing. 
It was just they're in a tag team, and the winner of the tag team match gets an opportunity at Mandy Rose. Yep. And I'm excited for that match. I Again, that's another one where I just don't know what the fuck's going to happen. There's not a bad thing on the New Year's Evil card right now. No, not at all. I, Including I, the, the Grayson Waller and AJ Styles not match. Like, so I, I thought it was a match, and now I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, and it says singles match. So I'm not really sure. It could definitely it, turn into a match. It said on Wednesday or on Tuesday night, the, the show said that it was a showdown. Face to face, yeah. But, but if it turns into a match, I'll be very excited about that. And I think that would be a good precedent to set. Precedent to set. set? God damn it. Precedent uh, to set. Yep. Yeah. I, where like, you have a guy on NXT and you have a main roster star that, that he feuds with to kind of put that guy over. Because it's yeah, not it's, something it's we've really totally seen. Totally different. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not something we've seen at all, but I think that would be a really good way to put someone over. As and it's like top tier talent. Like, it's not like they picked Drew Gulak from the main roster to put somebody over. They picked AJ fucking Styles. Yeah, AJ and AJ has been on NXT once before. Has he? Yeah, it was that the year that NXT was in its Survivor Series, I think. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was when he was with the Good Brothers. Oh, the club. Yeah. Yeah, because no. we couldn't call it Bullet Club. Was the it the OG? Club? The it OG? The OC. The OC, the, o, the original club. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that yeah. was good. Yeah, so they had the, the promo two weeks ago that kind of started the whole thing after AJ came to NXT to, to feud with Waller. And then this past week, Waller opens the show, faces off against everyone's favorite Odyssey Jones. And then after beating Odyssey Jones, AJ put some thing down or a video message to say, Hey, I'm going to be there next week. So if Dylan were here right now, he'd want to say that Odyssey Jones is his boy. So, yeah, we'll, we'll give a shout out to Dylan's favorite boy, uh, Odyssey Jones here in Dylan's stead. Yeah. Dylan would say Odyssey Jones. Sup. <laughs> GG Dolan and Odyssey Jones. Sup. Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> A couple other things that were really good that's going to lead into next week. So you had two weeks of uh, MSK building to come back. And then this past week, MSK finally shows up and tries to go at Imperium, to which you see the return video package for Walter and Riddle. Oof. So setting good. up a it was a really great promo. Riddle kind of talked shit to Walter and Walter said that they're a bunch of jokesters and they don't respect the mat. And then it built into New Year's Evil, where you're going to have Walter and Imperium, so all three members of Imperium versus Riddle, the Shaman, and MSK, which is going to be amazing. The whole promo was awesome. It yeah, started it was... off with like MSK coming out, and then like Riddle gives them a video message. Then they like jokingly call out Imperium, and Imperium like talks shit, which brings Walter out. And it was it's a great build, and I'm that's a, that's a match that's going to be absolutely fire. If there's a match that I think can contend with Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker for match of the night, that six-man tag definitely has the potential. Yeah. And it has your favorite, Riddle. Yeah. Not my favorite, but um, I do love MSK. And Imperium's phenomenal. So yeah. it's going to be a great six-man tag. That's really all I have for NXT. 
Uh, the, one the, thing, the Harlan stuff? Yeah. The one thing that I was most frustrated about was the 0% return of Brian Kendrick. Yeah, they talked about Brian Kendrick this week. They talked about him, and he was supposed to have a match with Harland after Harland threw him down a stair two weeks ago. Yeah. And then there was no Brian Kendrick for some reason. Can we talk about that real quick? Is what like when did Brian Kendrick become a coach at the Performance Center? Because a year or two ago. Damn. I'm assuming has he been off? Like has he been not wrestling for that long? Yeah. Because I saw him when, and like, I was like, Five Live was no longer a big deal, and they like stopped pushing cruiserweights on the main card. He like fell back into that role. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because like I saw him and I was like. Did they just say Brian Kendrick, like the Brian Kendrick? And I think I messaged you guys about it. And then this week he was supposed to make his return match after signing away his coaching contract for a wrestling contract again. And then his music hit and then he didn't come out. <laughs> and it was not explained at all. Yeah. Instead, we got Andre Chase versus Harland, which was not good. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> Harland hits like a thousand bricks, dude. Everything he hits looks like it's fucking hurts. Yeah, he's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Ryback. Like he's gonna hurt somebody. Yeah, I could see that. Like they they want so badly to have the next Brock Lesnar, and they get someone who's just not good in the ring. It's not I, like he was like overly bad. It just looked like he was not holding back at all, and was like really hurting Andre Chase. That's another thing is like when when he signed, everyone's like, this is the next Brock Lesnar. And then they did everything in their power to make him look nothing like Brock Lesnar anymore. That was weird. Yeah, the tattoos and like the weird jail outfit and everything. Well, and the the bald head and the definitely not Brock Lesnar personality. Yeah. Debut that fell short completely. Tiffany Stratton. Not good. She faced off against a girl that was making her debut who had multiple matches on Dark, which I read about. Apparently, the girl that faced off against Tiffany Stratton had made multiple AEW Dark appearances and was another one of those like Cora Chades, like a couple Dark appearances, then signs on with WWE at like 20, 21 years old. Hmm. Tiffany Stratton's whole gimmick is not something I would enjoy at all. Yeah, I don't. We could just get rid of Tony Pizza Stratton. I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I I didn't like it. The uh, daddy's princess thing is just like, yeah, I, you talked, you, you kind of talked about it before where it just makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So with all that being said, I know we don't do predictions for weekly television, but, you know, it's one of those big events. Tommaso Ciampa versus Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker. Mandy Rose versus Cora Jade and Raquel. Mandy Rose. Hmm. All right, I I think I think like I think it's too early for Cora Jade, and I don't think Raquel Gonzalez is going to win it back. So I agree with you, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw someone else come out on top. I think that's going to be a slow build to Cora Jade winning the title. Yeah, Raquel hits a move on Cora Jade at the very end, and like Mandy rolls her up or something. Yeah, that, like, I, I can see sell. that something that gets a rematch and then like yep. the, the NXT takeover before Mania, which probably yep. won't be called the takeover. No. Nope. Yeah. Carmelo Hayes and Roderick Strong. We already have no fucking idea. I think it's going to be Carmelo Hayes. 
If I was to put money on one, I'd put more money on Carmelo than I would Roddy. Yeah, I would say Carmelo. MSK and Riddle versus Imperium. Imperium. Yep. And then AJ Styles versus Grayson Waller. If like if it's actually a match, it's gonna be AJ that comes out on top. hundred percent. Yeah. But it's gonna put it's gonna put Grayson Waller the fuck over. It's gonna be long. It's gonna have a lot of great Grayson Waller spots. AJ could put anyone over. Yeah. If that's, that's a if that becomes a match, it's gonna hundred percent put Grayson Waller at the top of NXT. Yeah. And I kinda I really hope it actually does become a match because Dude, I can't believe I'm saying this. I love this gimmick. It's working so well. Grayson Waller being the heel he is, you you want to hate him. Yeah. And it works. And he sells it super well. And he's great on the mic. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess the uh, last thing to talk about before we get into predictions is AEW, that being Dynamite and Rampage. What's the first thing that you want to talk about with that? And I think 100% I know the want to talk about one person. So <laughs> on the 22nd of December episode of Dynamite, the first match was Adam Cole against Orange Cassidy. And immediately the match was very good. The ending of the match had uh, Bobby Fish come to the side of the ring and Orange Cassidy goes to stop him or the ref sorry the ref goes to stop him and then kyle o'reilly sneaks in the back of the ring and takes out orange cassidy and kyle o'reilly and red dragon have reunited in aw and we are calling them red dragon yeah they're absolutely called red dragon and adam cole i'd like to know what their trio's name would be but we've been talking about this for a long time and it is so good with all that being said, there was two weeks of Rampage and two weeks of Dynamite here, and we've just continued to build on the storyline. And where do we think we're going with this? Do you think we're going with the Bucks versus Red Dragon? Or do you think this is uh, like a massive elite? Or do you think this is a three on three Cole versus Omega? Oh, the, bu- goes? the Bucks don't like Undisputed Air or Red Dragon. That's like, that's a sure thing. Well, they had a lot of battles back in the Ring of Honor day. Yeah. But yeah, they don't like the fact that Adam Cole was out there with Reed Dragon. Um, I mean, if if you look to the end of AEW Dynamite yesterday or Wednesday, they they definitely they definitely tried to push the fact that that Kyle O'Reilly, goddamn, <laughs> accidentally kicked him in the face and they they were just going from there. So I think that eventually we will see a a 10-man tag team match, like five on five, versus someone versus someone, but it will continue to decay. Kenny Omega will come back. He'll kind of be upset that Adam Cole kind of took a took a leadership role in the elite while he was gone. And it will lead to allegiances breaking. And then Undisputed Era versus the Elite. And it will be awesome. So you're saying the three on three will have Adam with Red Dragon? Adam with Red Dragon and then Kenny Omega with the Bucks. Hmm. That would be awesome. 
but I don't know if long-term storytelling says that Red Dragon and Adam Cole being on the same side makes more sense than just having Red Dragon unite and then Adam Cole stay with the Elite. But I, I would say that the best bet is exactly what you said, and I'm pretty excited for that if it does happen. One last note on this whole thing, which is my favorite part, is the... I absolutely love that AEW is willing to play on established kayfabe. Yeah. So, so some examples are like Aleister Black showing up with the weird eye because he lost his eye to Seth Rollins in that eye for an eye bullshit stuff. Um, and then this one where Adam Cole or Kyle O'Reilly shows up and he's on Adam's side, but Adam doesn't trust him. And they have that backstage segment where they're both like, We've had a lot of history recently, and I'm like, oh, they're literally calling out that they just had a year's worth of rivalry on NXT. Yeah. We're not just going to forget that. We're playing on kayfabe. Yeah, absolutely. And that's awesome. WWE rewrites every person that comes to the company completely from scratch. Yeah. They never play on anything. Even like Kevin Owens versus uh, Sami Zayn, the only thing they mentioned was that they were really good friends, and they showed you that on TV before Kevin Owens turned on him, completely ignoring the fact that El Generico and Kevin Steen had a fuck ton of matches. A fuck ton. A fuck ton. A whole fuck ton. Before that rivalry started in NXT. So, I mean, it's it's cool to see that AEW is willing to support the fans knowing where these guys came from and supporting that kayfabe. Yeah, like making believe that we're not stupid. Yeah. WWE changes Piper Niven's name to Dewdrop, and we're supposed to just like assume that your name was always Dewdrop and that she's never been a thing before. Not in, in their company. Been a thing in their company. They drop kayfabe from one show to the next. <laughs> so yeah, I I just I was like so furious. So you could ask my wife, like I like jumped up when they had that backstage happening before the match and like Kyle and Adam both like mentioned it, and I was like, "They're fucking building kayfabe. I love it." Yeah, dude, when when I was at that Dynamite show, at, and Daniel Bryan's uh, counterpart Ryan Danielson <laughs> said that he wrestled, he main evented WrestleMania that year. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> they are so yeah. They're just so willing to accept whatever it is. Yeah, and I, I love it. What's the number one thing you have for Dynamite and or Rampage outside of Kyle O'Reilly, the elite and the best friend stuff? I guess the I guess the pinnacle of the MJF versus ha, pinnacle uh, MJF versus CM Punk stuff leading to CM Punk saying, ah, like, we're done. I might see you again in the future, but I don't really care. Yeah, so to build on this one a little bit, we had uh Two weeks ago, not this past one, the one before that we had a trios tag match. It was Punk, Darby, and Sting versus FTR and MGF. And you had the most fuego, fire, awesome face paint of all time. So you had CM Punk dressed up with uh, Stinger pants and uh, old surfer 1980s, early 1990s Sting face paint. And then you had Sting with the CM Punk arms on his forehead. And then you had Darby in old school like 19 late 90s almost wcw style sting makeup yeah it was it was a really cool tribute to each other and then darby was kind of just there yeah but it was a really good 
because uh, it was the main event of the 22nd of the same show that Kyle O'Reilly debuted at the beginning of the show that ended the show. And that was a super cool way to end the show with a great match and the most fire face paint of all time. Now, do you really think that CM Punk and MJF are over? No, but I, I think this is a good way for them to say, all right, we can take a break from this feud and like CM Punk finally referenced the fact that he does want to be AEW champion. MJF said he's in pursuit of the AEW championship, uh, which don't let me forget about the 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 stuff brewing between Wardlow and MG, MJF. But, yeah, I think that's where this is going right now is actually, I think they're going to take a momentary pause in this whole storyline to break MJF from Wardlow. And then once Wardlow's broken off from the pinnacle and MJF's kind of his own guy, maybe just him and Sean Spears, and maybe it sets up a better storyline for CM Punk to to win clean over MJF or something once yeah. they've had the the Wardlow feud already. Well, Dill thinks that still thinks that MJF could be the first non like prophecy AEW champion, non pre established star. I'm not willing to disagree with that comment, and I I know I was pretty adamant when he said that 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 didn't make any fucking sense because he was saying it so soon. But I think you have so many things MJF needs to do before you put him in a main event against uh, Hangman that I don't know if we have enough time between before Hangman has to give it up. Like they're doing okay with ratings because they're bringing Kyle O'Reilly back every fucking week, but Hangman's not selling overly well. So if Hangman's not selling overly well. They gotta take it off of him. I don't think they have enough time to get through MJF versus Wardlow and MJF versus CM Punk before MJF versus Hangman, which is why I think someone else might swing in there and steal it off Hangman before. But that's but that's what CM Punk was saying. Is he said we might like we'll probably meet again in the future if you're going for the AEW title and I'm going for the AEW title. Like if that's one of the first title defenses is an MJF first, who regardless of who gets it. MJF versus CM Punk for the title. Like if that if they pause until right. one of those so two people. Other title, things on which AEW is kind of what that were really feud, a big his, deal. His uh, promo I want to talk about my my second so favorite saying, person on AEW. So the only way this makes sense to me is if MJF would beat Cody Rhodes and, and become the number one not contender. Fuck that, <laughs> um, man. Malachi Black. Punk is his first so team. he's really building this house of black. Yeah. Does M- would MJF uh, beat Brody King's been hinted how they're selling Wardlow right had now? The That's my awesome only Griff Garrison. I think down. right now they're selling Wardlow. Like that he's was followed this week by the the really good Brian Pillman Jr. promo. I think he could. Brian Pillman Jr. can talk on the fucking mic. More like current That's storytelling, it would make more sense for Wardlow he, to beat MJF. But he really built me. I think they're selling Wardlow as someone who is a competitor for MJF. And when I'm it all fingers crossed, the debut of secondary Brody King so is happening next Wednesday on TBS. Yeah, could happen. I don't. It's gonna see, happen soon. I, I don't see why it wouldn't happen next week. Next week's gonna be a big week. It's gonna obviously. be a big week. It's their show on day TBS, and then you already have Brian Pillman Jr. versus Malachi Black, which I guarantee Griff Garrison shows up. And the two of them and Malachi's gonna need a partner. Who else but Brody King? Yeah. Who, if you uh if you didn't know, Brody King's the lead singer of a band called God's Hate. It's a hardcore band. I highly recommend it. Check it out. 
He does all of his own theme music. All right. Yeah. So obviously, I've been a big Alistair and Malachi Black fan for for years. So I love everything that he does. I guess a lot of people's new favorite is uh, Hook. Dude, that guy can wrestle. Yeah, he's probably been training since he was like six years old. So when they first announced Hook's debut match against Fuego Del Sol two weeks ago, me and Dylan both made a joke because we were walking through that place we don't talk about, and they had a TV on with uh, AEW Rampage on that night. And we were working nights that night or whatever. And uh, we like walked past it and we're like, holy shit, Hook's on TV. And we're like, who gives a fuck? It's Hook. And then I watched that episode of Rampage and Hook's really good. Yeah, he's he can wrestle. And so this past week he beat one of the Bronson or one of the Bear Country guys. Yeah. But like his attitude in the ring is just like something you want to watch more of. He's like, like nonchalant very like i don't give a fuck but his moves are very crisp already and i enjoyed the fuck out of his last two matches yeah uh i think that if he continues going down this road and like for some reason i don't know why but hook had a big fan following already and then he started wrestling and we were all really impressed so have you seen the 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 aew shop.com number one selling shirt is just the white shirt that says hook on it. <laughs> the number one selling shirt on AEWshop.com is hook. <laughs> nice. That blows my mind. Speaking of something blowing your mind. <sighs> You're gonna do it, aren't you? Cody Rhodes fuck. is a three time TNT champion. What the fuck? So I heard two rumors about this. One is that Sammy Guevara's breakup with his fiance was related to him cheating on her with Tayanara Conti, Ty Conti, and that AEW knew that and was not happy with him for that because it broke on the internet and this was their way of getting back, or this was their way of like, I don't know, punishments are really not the right word, but like to sell the company with a better person with a title than like a person who cheats on their fiance. Was so to who, give it. who better than the person who ended racism? He also ended adultery, if you didn't know. Did he end adultery? Yeah, it's on his Wikipedia page. It says he cured racism and ended adultery. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite thing right now is every time Cody Rhodes like becomes better than somebody else for doing something, the Wikipedia page gets updated as like he cured racism and ended adultery and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't understand this. The the other theory I saw was that literally Cody Rhodes was like threatening to leave if he didn't get a, Tony Khan just like gives Cody whatever he wants. So Cody being all sad and depressed, they just gave it to him because he was asking for it because he wants to. If he's not going to get fans over, he's not going to want to do this anymore or whatever. I, I don't know. Neither of those seem like believable storylines. I think that Sammy Guevara championship run just wasn't selling overly well. And so they wanted to go someone they can gain a lot of heat by putting the belt on. Yeah. And holy fuck, they're going to get a lot of heat by putting the belt on Cody. Have you seen his new shirt? It says, 
heel baby face winner and the winner is like checked yeah because he's not in he's just trying to be stone cold now he doesn't get to be a heel or a face he's just cody it's uh we all hate it it's weird to me so i just looked into this tay conti thing uh Mm because you know obviously it's all just speculation and Mm -hmm. like whatever but i so for years i thought tay conti was married but I guess that she hasn't been married in, in several years. And I found out that her husband's name is Jorge Conti, and now she's not married to him anymore. And her that's not even her last name anymore. She just wrestled, she wrestled with it long enough that she kept it as her ring name. That's got to be awkward. It, it has to be awkward. Well, I mean, you don't want to change names now, but holy shit. But that, like, she changed her legal name back. What's so her legal name? Like, hold on. Well, that is Brazilian. Car, Car- Carvalho. Carvalho. Are you sure they're not married anymore? That's what the Sports Keepa article says that from Mar or November twenty third. Nope, we've been separated for a long time. So maybe they still are married, but. They're just separated. Yeah. Okay. Um, that is a hard. That is a Brazilian name. That's for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was not happy when Cody won that match. I am excited for the Ethan Page versus Cody match we get next week. Because I love Ethan Page, and I think that'll be a good match. But I know Cody's going to win it, so that's kind of disappointing before it ever starts. So. Do you hate Brandy Rhodes anymore after that promo, or just about the uh, same? Well, my favorite part of that promo, uh, the Dan Lambert promo, was him saying that the symbol on Cody's neck looked like a Transformer symbol. I liked that a lot. But then Brandy Rhodes came out just yelling, and I just didn't understand why and it was she's never been like overly great on the mic i don't think but i feel like because she's so pertinent in this uh this era of his his gimmick that i can't like brandy rose because i hate code so much right now yeah also i just don't i feel like brandy is being shoved down our throats just as much as cody she shows up at the most weirdest times to do weird things, you know? Yeah. Like when she showed up in the match just to light a table on fire. Just yeah. to like permanently scar her husband. Because his it's... back is fucked up. Stupid. I'm done. I'm done with it. He sh- they should have just let Cody leave the company. I don't believe that rumor. That's a rumor that I just don't, I wouldn't put any faith in. If that was, Cody is like part of the executive of AEW. He's the reason why AEW is a thing. Yeah. Cody will never leave. They should have just told Cody it's a bad idea and fucking shoved it back down his throat. Been like, just shut the fuck up and go away, Cody. Yeah, Cody, that's a real good idea. We're going to hang it right up here on the refrigerator. <laughs> We're going to look at it once a month and say, oh, that was cute. (laughs) Uh, 
I guess the only thing left to talk about on Dynamite is the uh, TBS Championship semifinals. Both well, happened. Well, yeah, kind of. We there. We got, we should talk about that, and we should talk about the rematch of Daniel or Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page. Because I, yeah, because so oh. I, I don't know how Have we I talked about the fan that. yet. Have we talked about the fan yet? Oh no, we haven't. Oh, bad fan. Stupid fan. I guess we can start with the Hangman versus Daniel stuff because that's when we first saw the bad fan. And that can lean us back into band fan because the bad fan got eliminated from the show at the Nyla Rose match. Yeah, so first off, you could talk about the bad fan because fuck that guy. So there's this fan who paid $500 plus to sit in like the third row just to have like really bad fucking opinions that nobody wanted to hear. Uh, and during one of the so right after Kylo Riley's debut, Hangman and Daniel had a promo to build into Hangman versus Daniel too, and Bad Fan had Hangman as a cowboy bitch or something like that. Instead of cowboy shit, it was like he's a cowboy bitch, and then everyone was like, "You fucking suck, dude!" Like people kept looking at him like that's a fucking terrible sign. Like, this guy gets worse. That that's not bad. The next sign is bad. The second sign he had uh, made fun of the fact that Nyla Rose is a transgender female. I'm not, I don't really want to quote the sign, but basically it referenced that he used to be, or she used to be a, a male and poked fun at that, which got this guy removed from the audience. And if you're going to be that close-minded, then AEW doesn't fucking want you. It's like the guy who yelled the the F word at fucking Anthony Bowens a month ago. Yeah. You know, like, we're talking about inclusivity here, and you're fucking poking fun at the transgender woman who, like, broke down barriers. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Nyla Rose has done shit that no one else could do because no one else was willing to try, and she's breaking down barriers with that shit. So good on her. Fuck you for having your bullshit opinions. Yeah. It's uh, I, like every every time like I I just don't have words that we still live in such a closed off closed-minded community. Like <laughs> wrestling fans like that just piss me off. Like uh, That guy paid 500 bucks to have that opinion too, which is the most fucking wild thing too. Like he purposely paid for seats that he could get that on TV. Which makes him just like a terrible human being. Yeah. But enough about bad fan. Hangman versus Brian. Well, well no. So, Tay Conti won to advance the, to the finals. Tay and Conti? Tay Conti. What do they say? Tay Conti's not in the tournament. Uh-huh. Ruby Riot. Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho. <laughs> Third time's a charm. <laughs> Sorry, I got Tay Conti on my brain ever since like 2017. <laughs> uh yeah ruby soho beat nyla rose to advance to the finals for the host host championship tbs championship <laughs> it's not what it says it looks like hose but it says tbs i agree yep uh and then this week jade cargill versus thunder rosa god i'm doing bad right now dude names, are, beers, names dude. are hurting me yeah thunder rosa and probably Jade Cargill's best showing, even though she's got like a 21 and whatever record. 
Like she she looked somewhat better, but she's still so bad. <laughs> it was a uh, good, oh, it was a good match. I thought it was a by far the best match that she's had. Yeah, it, it was definitely better, but I don't know. I don't. I think that that Thunder Rosa is going to carry her through a match better than than Ruby Soho is because I feel like Ruby Soho is good at wrestling people who are good, like really good at wrestling people that are good. But she might sh- not have great in ring chemistry with Jade Cargill, which I ho- hope I'm wrong about. Do you think that Ruby is going to win next week? Yes, absolutely. It would not shock me if they went the other way with that. Really? So, so we cover down on it. The shocker of the Jay Cargill match was the interference from Mercedes Martinez making her AEW debut. I think that Mercedes and Thunder Rosa definitely get involved in the Jay Cargill versus Ruby Soho match. Anytime there's interference and people getting involved outside the ring, you open the door for somebody, for anybody to win. Because you can sell it anyway. Yeah. So I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if you saw something go weird with that, which leads to Jay Cargill winning the whole thing. But I hope they go Ruby because I don't think Jay has the talent right now and skill to be the first to be, a, to be the first. Give her a couple years, and I think she'll be 100% a high-quality main event women's wrestler but she's just so raw like not going to WWE raw just green oh green in the ring yeah and then just to double back on the Daniel Bryan damn it Bryan Danielson versus hangman Adam Page thing yeah they uh they had a big promo where the two of them Set forth the stipulations for this week's uh, rematch. So they got a rematch this uh, this Wednesday on TBS's first show on or Dynamite's first show on TBS, and uh, there's going to be judges, so they cannot go to a draw. Yeah, I kind of really like that, honestly. I'm also. I don't know where they're setting it up. What's that? What's the the setup here? I don't. I I think it's just going to be a regular wrestling match, but then it's going to be like. Judges on the side of the ring that that are kind of counting or like judging the bout like a like a boxing match like if a boxing match goes to the last round. Okay, so this is uh, this is wrestling. So who are the judges and what? You know, like my question is, it's not boxing, and you're not putting three bipartisan people there or non-bipartisan, whatever. Right, you're putting three people there who have gimmicks, who have a face or a heel. How's that going to play into wrestling a match? Or well, do you think they pick like three backstage people that don't have a like Paul White, Dustin Rhodes, like you know, Mark Henry? And now it is time for the main <laughs> event. <laughs> like I wouldn't be surprised if they pick three people backstage like that just to like not give them face but i think it could be a really cool dynamic if they pick like one heel character one face character and a neutral character and that like plays into who picks who when the match definitely goes to a draw and has to go to judges because like see it's a if we put judges there i think it's going to judges yeah well 
that's that's the scary thing is I think it I don't know I I think it might go to like 59 minutes and 59 seconds kind of thing is it 59 I thought they said it was 30 it's a 30 minute this time I don't know last time it was an hour uh yeah ask Jeeves then Dylan wanted me to mention that uh under when when Hangman Adam Page entered tonight or he went Wednesday night that his little logo or his little informational box said usually doesn't last for an hour. Yeah. If you haven't heard about this, him and the people who write those little vignettes have been having like a back and forth on like Twitter or something like that. So like every time Hangman comes out, he doesn't get like a stat like everyone else gets. Like someone else will get like is on a six match winning streak has won six of their last seven matches. He gets always something random, like has never lasted an hour or like when winter's coming, he got during winter's coming. I think he got like has had a vendetta against Game of Thrones for years. <laughs> so like he never gets real. Debuts, he always gets like a. Like a bullshit. Like joke. Um, and yeah, that's all I got for these two weeks in wrestling. It took a long time. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, let's just roll right into our predictions for day one on Saturday, January 1st. Hopefully. All right. First match. Uh, we're going to go with the pre-show match here first. It is yeah. Ricochet and Cesaro versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. And a tag team match. Who do you have? Uh, so first off, I just want to say that I don't care. Uh, I wish that Rick, like I care about Ricochet and I care about Cesaro. Don't care. Well, I don't know. I guess I, I like how all four of them wrestle. But I want more for Cesaro and Ricochet more than I want more for Ridge and, and Sheamus. But uh, like Sheamus, they gave up on the Cesaro and Ricochet. I think Ridge Holland is new and Seamus is Irish or something. So they're going to win. So your your response is Seamus wins because he's Irish? No, Seamus wins because he's <laughs> just ha- has like it's a pre-show match. So it doesn't really matter. There hasn't been a good enough build because it's on SmackDown and that's the Roman Reigns show. Um, and Seamus is just more po- more over with the WWE execs right now. Sweet. I'm going to go Ricochet and Cesaro because the last time these two fought, Sheamus got the upper hand on Cesaro, even though during the gauntlet, Ricochet pulled off one on Cesaro and Sheamus. I'm going to go with Ricochet and Cesaro because last time they had a one-on-one, Sheamus beat Cesaro. So, And it's a pre-show, so like, why not just give it to the faces on the pre-show? Yeah. Make the crowd happy before they get overly upset for the rest of the night you know like every WWE pay-per-view yeah what did dylan have dylan had said that there's no way wwe gives a pay-per-view win even on the pre-show to ricochet and therefore i'm assuming he oh it's seamus and holland yeah okay, so I'm the odd man out here all right you ready for the second match yeah so the second match is going to be Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. Madcap Riddick Moss. Okay, can we just Drew McIntyre, everybody? 
Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I have Drew McIntyre because it's obvious that it's right before his main event push. I think he's about to go in the main event scene against Roman for a couple of pay-per-views. I think this is just his like closing out, beating the shit out of the, both of them and then moving on. So Drew McIntyre, easy. Sweet. All right. Did you also have Drew McIntyre? Yeah, absolutely Drew McIntyre. Did Dylan have Drew McIntyre? Yes, he had Drew McIntyre. Okay, moving on. I thought you picked for us, sorry. I assumed everyone would pick Drew McIntyre. Um, The next match is RK Bro versus the Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Who do you have and why? Um, So this is a tough one, right? It really is a tough one because we know that the like they've had the titles for a long time. We know that they are eventually going to turn on each other. Probably Randy Orton turning on Matt Riddle. But. Is it time yet? I don't think it's time yet. Like, I think. I don't know. I don't want the Street Profits to lose their opportunity. And then not get a re like not get another opportunity for a while. So my 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 reluctance is that I I want Street Profits to to still be in the title picture. But it's a face-face dynamic. I could see Street Profits losing and maybe the Dirty Dogs being the next in line or Alpha Academy. Oh, Alpha Academy makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh RK Bro yeah, the only thing that weirds me out about this match is RK Bro versus Alpha Academy's rivalry that is seemingly still ongoing. I wouldn't be overly shocked if Alpha Academy steps in here and gets involved to giving Street Profits the win um, so that they can use Alpha Academy as the team that kind of breaks up RK Bro. Like them fighting off Otis and Chad Gable is what kind of causes the rift that leads to them facing each other at Mania, you know? Yeah. But I I think that's a slimmer chance of happening versus RK Bro just continuing for another pay per view or two before they split. So I'm gonna go with RK Bro as well. Okay, Dylan. Dylan's got RK Bro. He he went along the same lines of what I had, which was the RK Bro, Bro split will happen eventually, and they will lose their titles. Not just as close to Styles and almost splitting. So he thinks that another tag team on Raw splitting up happened too recently. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But I don't think they have to split up just because they lose this match. Yeah. Even if they lose this match, I think they could still be a tag team for another month or so before we start the split. So I'd, that I, doesn't sell me. I think it's going to be a pretty immediate split. I don't really know. Because then you then you literally go right after the the AJ Styles and almost one, which is I'm mad we lost. Therefore, I'm going to attack you. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with RK Bro. I think it makes sense. All of you want RK Bro. All right. So the next match is the Miz versus Edge. Who do you have and why? So I've gone back and forth on this all fucking day. I wrote down the match and I haven't selected somebody this whole time because I I understand both trains of thought. There's the one where Edge wins it because it just makes sense that Edge is going to beat the Miz. 
He's got the Seth Rollins win. He's got pay-per-view wins over Seth Rollins. And he's been, you know, he won the Rumble. And he went to Mania. All the stuff that makes sense for Edge to be the one who beats The Miz. But it also makes sense that Maurice would get involved and give The Miz the win. Yeah, that's what Dylan said. So Dylan has The Miz? Yeah, Dylan has The Miz. For me, yeah, he says Maurice interference written all over it, plus the looming mixed tag at Mania with two couples needs a controversial win by someone to keep the feud going till then. That's such a good point. Yeah, I I didn't think that that far in depth with it. I just thought that Edge doesn't need the win as much as Miz does, which is why I picked the Miz. So everyone's pretty much the same except your pick on Rico and Cesaro. Oh, oh, hold on. Uh, to buy more into this, have you looked at the, the house show at MSG they had this week? No. Did you see what the main event was? No. It was Kevin Owens versus Edge in a steel cage match. Do you know who won that match? Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens won that match. They're having Edge lose on house shows. Okay. But has he lost a pay-per-view match since he's been back? Yeah, he lost to Seth Rollins. No, that was on that was on SmackDown. Never mind. It was on SmackDown. He, he won the first. To, he match. lost to Randy Orton at least once. Won the first time, right? At Mania. Was it this? He won the greatest match of all time. Did he? Yeah. Huh. I can't think of a loss at a pay per view for Edge since he's come back. Yeah, I don't really know. Fuck it. Put me down for the Miz. I'll keep it the Miz. If he's they're willing to have Edge lose at house shows, I'll I'll put the Miz. Okay. I got you down for the Miz. All right. The next match I got is the New Day versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This is a tough one for me, honestly. I also didn't put down a winner yet. I'm still divided. So if this is so I think that Brock Lesnar goes away. Oh, since it's, uh, yeah, I guess it's my turn to announce who I think is the winner first. Um, so obviously, like if Brock Lesnar doesn't win, Brock Lesnar goes away. Maybe Paul Heyman stays around, but Brock goes away. So Roman will not be the center of attention. Like Roman will still be the champ, but Roman doesn't really have a new competitor yet, right? That being said, he needs something to do. Why not have it be upset with the Usos? Breakup of the bloodline? Semi-breakup of the bloodline. More, maybe just a disciplining of the bloodline. Again. Until uh, we can get a number one contender like established. Yeah. That was, that was my thought. Was mm. like a, a disciplining. Uh, I'm disappointed in you of the bloodline. Not a breakup because I think that's going to be a longer story. The actual breakup is going to be a longer storyline. Like maybe when The Rock shows up at the Royal Rumble. Rock said. So that being said, I went with the New Day and I put a question mark after it. 
I am also going the new day here because I think right now I have almost every single championship being maintained by the champion. And I think that title changes are going to happen. And I would be shocked if none of them happen. And right now I picked Dark A Bro to keep it. And I have some other champions picked to win. So I'm going to pick the new day. Alrighty. What did Dylan have? Dylan had the Usos. Uso, New Day beat them two weeks ago, which means Uso win here. Who won the street fight? I don't remember. The Miracle on 34th Street Fight. That was... That was Uso's versus New Day? I thought that was like Happy Corbin. No, it was the Uso's and... It was the Usos and Madcap Moss versus New Day and Drew McIntyre. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. McIntyre and New Day defeated Moss and Usos. Nope, changing it. Go back to Usos. I'm going to Usos. All right. Well, I wrote it down in pencil, so you're kind of stuck. (laughs) Erasers don't exist where you are. Alrighty. Uh, next match, also a tough one, also a little little toughy. Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan. I have Becky Lynch. Um, I, I don't think that they are going to give the title to Liv Morgan this close to Mania. It doesn't really give. It doesn't make sense to me because if they put it on Liv this close to Mania, uh, how are they going to build a title defense at Mania? With Liv Morgan. So here, here's my here's my thing, right? So you, you went with Becky retaining. I think that Liv could uh, Liv could be the winner of the Royal Rumble. I don't think Liv has that much push to be able to win the Royal Rumble. I think she's got a pretty good push. I think Liv could win the Royal Rumble. I'm not. That's not my prediction. Don't write it down. Or I'm uh, putting the new day back down for you. Well, hopefully that works out well for me if you do. <laughs> no, so I'm going with uh, I'm going with Becky Lynch because I think that Liv could potentially win either the Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber. You're saying they're going to give it to Liv just to take it off of her at Mania? No. Or they give it to Becky here and give it to Liv later. Yeah, I said I Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said that she's that that Becky's going to lose or sorry, Becky's going to win. Liv is going to lose and then Liv could be a uh, a major a major uh uh I guess advantage at Rumble or the Elimination Chamber. But this Becky too, this to me wrecks reeks too much of like a, a Cesaro push at the beginning right after Mania. So, like, we, we sold Cesaro like he's in a more contender, and he's finally getting a shot, and we had pay-per-views with Cesaro versus Roman Reigns, and Cesaro obviously loses, and we all were like, well, Cesaro will come back at this pay-per-view or that pay-per-view. X, Y, Z. But it never happened. And we never got Cesaro to push again, and he just, like, fell to the bottom <laughs> of the card. 
I think that Liv Morgan here will get a shot and Becky Lynch will beat her. And then we're going to have Liv Morgan start sliding down the card. You think so? I don't think this is a big enough push to warrant her maintaining at the top. All right. Well, I kind of hope you're wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong, too. I hope you're right that Becky wins because that's who I predicted. But I hope you're wrong about not having that big a push right now. I think she's got a good fan following. Promos are just awful, though. Yeah. That's the Very easiest thing to fix. Who did uh, Dylan have? Dylan's got um, Lynch. I don't see WWE moving forward with Morgan as champ, is what he said. Same. All right. What's the next match? All right. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns defending against Brock Lesnar uh, for the WWE Universal Championship. Hmm. Who do you have? Roman Reigns. Yeah. With this, like, I'm I'm like 95% on Roman walking out of day one as champ and like 75% on Roman winning actual like actually winning like the other that's what we all said last time remember yeah face the crown jewel we were all like well there might be a disqualification or something like that yeah so i mean that and that's why i'm going with with roman winning like if i thought that he was going to retain by disqualification then i'd go brock but that's that's not my prediction yeah, I also have Roman Reigns here. I don't, we're all, like, the media and the rumor mill has just constantly been like, who is Roman's opponent for Mania? Who's his opponent at the Royal Rumble? And I think those answers are The Rock and Drew McIntyre, respectively. Um, so with that being said, I, I don't think giving the title to Brock Lesnar does anything here. Um I wouldn't be surprised if Brock stays involved in this storyline past losing today. I mean, on Saturday, but um, I have Roman Reigns to beat Brock Lesnar here and keep the title. Sweet. Uh, Dylan's got Roman. And he said, he said, Heyman siding with Lesnar has to be a swerve and he will be involved with Reigns retaining. That one's a stretch for me, but I I do expect Paul Heyman to show up for this match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll definitely be there. Uh, which leads us to the last match of the night, which is Biggie versus Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins? Question mark. Uh, obviously, this match is subject to change. Right now, Wikipedia says that Seth Rollins is still in the match. If he's not in the match because of COVID, then w- then you'll get like a free, a free change of your of your prediction. Or if anyone else gets added to the match, free change of the prediction. Uh, that does 
does not matter to me. Because I do not have Seth Rollins winning this match. Neither do I. But I am torn between two people, and they might be a shocking two people. Because I have Big E or Kevin Owens. I got struggled all day to pick which one. Now's your time. I'll go Big E because it's safer. But don't be surprised if you get a text from me by the end of by the time this match starts on Saturday that I switch to Kevin. All right. Well, then I guess I'm the only one on Kevin Owens. You're you're going Kevin. I want Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, I stuff on Raw just like really sold me that he might be him. Yeah. So that like we all were like. Right before Kevin re-signed with the company, oh, they put Kevin in the match to to take the pin. And then he re-signed, and I was like, Kevin Owens can actually do this. Convenient timing. Yeah. But, yeah, I got Kevin. I'm really, I, I'm really hopeful for it. At the same time, it, it I, is. I will be really stoked. Yeah. At the same time, like an article I read said that Kevin Owens could could win it. And, you know, there's there's a big pop like people are excited about it. And uh, that turns him face because there's a big crowd following. And I hope that is not the case. No, heel Kevin is always been better. Yeah. I'm I did like a couple Kevin Owens shorts right now. So I did like when Kevin Owens like first started getting into that like stone cold kind of persona. Like the I don't give a fuck neutral style. Yeah, they fucked that up. So Yeah, they they fucked that up. I'm glad he's kind of moving away from that stunner a little bit too. He's been doing the pop up power bomb a lot more recently. Yeah, I like the pop up power bomb. All right. Yeah, so it's a better move. All right. Prop who did, uh, oh wait, who did Dylan take into the main event? He picked Biggie. It's the safest answer. Yeah, he said Big E. I still have no clues on this one. It just feels like the safest pick, which is exactly what you said. Yeah, I might change my pick before Saturday, but I'm going to stick with that. But it, it, like, this is your last chance to, to pick someone else and get the full credit. Because if you pick, if you change it before Saturday, you only get half credit. I'm, give, I'm, afford, I'm giving you this opportunity right now. Because... After after this moment right here, if you change it and the match itself doesn't change, then uh, then that's your font. Then you only get half credit once you change. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Big E. Uh, if I'm like if I'm like two ahead or something like that, and I take I don't know. I, there might be some stipulations where I'm like need to make a change just to maybe pull ahead or something. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Big E. It's the safest pick. All right. Prop bets. Who not on the card will make an appearance? Who do you have? Uh, right now, and I might have to change it. I have Maurice. Yeah, like I mentioned to you offline earlier, like it, Wikipedia has almost no this person accompanied with this person right now on the whole card. So... I had like a ton of options here and I thought about Maurice. I thought about Paul Heyman, but I went with Baron Corbin 
who is not listed as with Madcap Moss right now. So it's the same thing with Maurice. You know they're going to be there. There's yeah. no chance in hell Madcap comes out without Baron Corbin. Yeah. So I took Baron Corbin. Happy Corbin? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Happy Corbin. I forgot his name has changed. Thank you. Did you write Happy Corbin now? I don't want to lose my points. I just wrote Corbin. Oh, that works. Happy Constable Baron Corbin. Constable Corbin. I forgot about that one. <laughs> that one was bad. <laughs> yeah. And then Dylan has Dana Brooke. It's a weird choice when there's that many people options on the card, but we'll let it go. All right, then the last prop bet for the night, kind of, is uh, if there's blood, who will bleed? So as we've mentioned, there's no weird card people on this match card at all. Um, like, there's no matches other than, like, normal matches, like tag team singles matches and or a fatal four-way. So I'm going to go with Seth Rollins. Yeah, I mean, it's a safe bet. I'm going to go with a fatal four-way where he's going to take a lot of hot hits from big, sweaty men. He's got three strong, big, sweaty men who's going to hit him a lot. So, who knows? Maybe he lands on a table weird or busts his nose or something. Yeah. So, you got Seth Rollins. I yep. I got Sheamus because he's Irish. He does. He's a bleeder. Yeah, he's a bleeder. He's got real pale skin. Last time I picked him, it didn't work out for me, but... Keep shooting your shot, man. Who does Dylan have? Uh, Dylan has uh, Reigns. I feel like he picks Roman Reigns a lot. He picks him when he's up against big men who do like suplexes and uh, spears and stuff. Not spears, but F5s. So every time he picks Brock Lesnar as his opponent, he gets picked as the prop bet. Got it. Yeah. All right. Last prop bet. What time is this thing going to end? Is it Dylan's the champ. The main show starts at eight. Yep. I'm going with like, it's there's like seven matches on the main card. Yep. So I'm going with 11.54. You want, you say it's a four hour long show. Well, that that hold on, let me check something real quick. I want to make sure it starts at eight. You're saying it's four hours with seven matches? It's at least three hours. I'm not arguing, but you just said three hours and fifty-four minutes long. Seven matches. Are you trying to get me to change it? No, I'm just like shocked that you said that. Am I allowed to change it? I don't care what you put down. I'll, I'll I'll cut that. You're making some good points right now. Ooh, what what? What time does it start? Does it kick off? Yeah, the main card will begin at 8 p.m. All right. Well, I'm not going much earlier. I'm I would go at like 11:27. Okay. I'm going 11:21. 
which has been wrote down on my paper all day. All right. You made me change that because you, you got unconfident in your pick. No, I was very confident in my pick. You just blew my mind that a seven-match paper was going to last four hours. Especially yep. one that has Drew, Drew, Drew McIntyre versus Mad Cup. Moss is a squash match on the pay-per-view. That's true. That is a squash match. Well, that kind of uh, wraps up the show, doesn't it? I think that's everything we're supposed to talk about today. All right. I'm sure Dylan will be proud. All right. So that pretty much closes out the show. Thanks again for listening. I am Joe. And I'm joined by Chad. We are the Drunk Dudes. Hopefully next week we'll have Dylan back. Next week we're going to talk about the results of the day one pay-per-view. We'll have our weekly news and we'll have our weekly wrestling recap. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. And please remember to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening. And uh, we will catch you on down the road. I was thinking about